0: Hey guys, we're here for episode 24 of the e-commerce opportunity where I'm joined by Alana. Hi Alana, how are you?
1: I'm good. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing well, thank you. Do you mind starting with kind of what you're working on right now?
1: Yeah, so I... um do a couple of different things within my business. I am a Shopify superhero that works with e-commerce shops to remove friction from the buying process. So a lot of where my focus is is around the um, improving of Shopify stores to uh, help improve maybe that's conversions or SEO or customer experience uh, through what I call a website rescue. And then I also have a app in the Shopify store called Jason LD for SEO, which adds structure. Data to Shopify these.
0: I love that. Oh, wait. So did I hear you correctly? You said you're a Shopify superhero? Yes. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, we? So I think when people listen to this, right? Like there's three categories of people: there's the e-commerce brand, there's the e-commerce agency, and then there's the e-commerce freelancer. Where does the Shopify hero uh, superhero kind of stand? And, and why do you call yourself that?
1: Yeah, so I, I really can't identify with any of those labels. I'm not a freelancer. Uh, I'm not an agency. I'm not just a consultant, so uh, I kind of created my own title, if you will, <laughs> as a Shopify superhero because um a freelancer is often defined as somebody who does the work and doesn't actually provide thought or consultative services, and that's not like a blanket statement. It's just my perception of, of it. Um, a- an agency tends to be where you have a large team, and so there's a lot of uh, bloat and and other things that come along with having an agency and then a consultative uh, approach or a uh, consultation um, person would be more of a I'm gonna give you advice but you actually have to go do the work and I am kind of a mix of all of these things all at once so
0: that's awesome. So then how do you normally go into a brand like what are those brands look like right are they just starting out are they doing seven figures? And um, what do they look like, and what does your role actually look like within the the business that you're helping?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, for um, a lot of my clients that I work with, they they really run the spectrum. I've worked with clients that make literally as little as five thousand dollars a year on their Shopify store, um, all the way up to ones that make seven figures. So, it really does uh, run the gamut. I don't limit myself on what based on revenue. I focus more on who that client is and what they're trying to achieve. Meaning if they just want me to come in and plug in and hit the keyboard, like that's not going to work. I'm not just going to sit here and and be a monkey on the computer uh, to do things. I want it to work with somebody who wants to improve their site, who wants to hear ideas, who wants to learn from it. And then I get to learn from them as well. So that's kind of how I... When I come into uh, working with a, a Shopify store, it's always about... How can I help them, and how can they help me in return? Yeah, I love
0: that. So then, can you let's talk about like I guess tangible examples? Like, say you're working with a five-figure year brand, and then like a seven-figure year brand. How how would your approach with the brands change in terms like of how like you start or where you start, or would the process be the exact same?
1: Uh, It is really the same thing for me. Um, When people, I should say too, when people reach out to me for task-oriented work. I don't work with them. that's kind of just if I can be more specific, I don't do task oriented work. Um, whenever I, I t- am in contact with the store, it's usually like they want to improve their conversions or their SEO is bombing. How, how can I help them? Now I'm not an SEO consultant, but I look at it in um, the same manner, whether they're a small store or a large store, but a five figure store is going to have different recommendations from me than uh, a, a, two or three-figure store, right? And I'm, I mean two on purpose. Um, so it, it does, the recommendations might change and it does change, but the approach is still going to be the same. And that's where the website rescues, it, which is a service that I offer really come into play because it's a list of 150 different tweaks for conversion rate optimization, which is a general term for that, um, that we can use. And depending on where the store is currently at, we'll pull different levers to see how we can make improvements to whatever their goals might be. Maybe that's conversion rates or SEO or customer experience or accessibility, whatever.
0: Nice. And, and obviously to some degrees, revenue is an indication of probably how much traffic they have. But at the end of the day, like, is traffic domain. Thing that you know differs between like a two-figure store and five-figure store, and that's kind of why the recommendations change as well.
1: No, I mean, because you what people often forget is there's a difference between a high number of traffic and a high number of quality traffic, right? So if a store is running a ton of ads, they can have a ton of traffic, but make zero money off of that. So it, it's not necessarily traffic um, that is the driver, but much like uh, any conversion rate optimization thing that you do, it's always the answer is always going to be it depends, right? It depends on you know how much traffic they have, um, what other products do they have, a solid branding around their products, do they have a solid product line? Can they actually make sales off of it? That sort of thing.
0: Awesome, that's helpful. So I want to the next part. is like a two part question. How did you initially learn like CRO, SEO, optimizing, and how do you continue to like learn? I guess obviously hands-on, right? Is probably how you learn. But outside of that, like, how do you how do you learn, and where do you learn?
1: Yeah. So I my background is a little bit different from a lot of um, CRO people in general. I actually came from HR, human resources, for those who don't know what HR is. Um, prior to moving into Shopify and web design and development, so I was in HR for ten years, and a lot of what I did there was around. Um, working with different people and different issues that might be going on within the organization as a whole and finding ways to make those improvements. So when I transitioned out of HR and into development, I took that same mentality of, of how I question what people do and why they do these things, which is like the user experience approach, yeah. and pulled that into my experience now within Shopify. So. I started out by, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of coursework on Shopify when you first start as a partner, and uh, it was really helpful for me to kind of get in the how do I do this thing with Shopify, as opposed to how do I work with people? And how do I work with clients as a, a Shopify partner? But then it turned into lots of blogs and readings and podcasting and trying different things out and seeing what works and what doesn't. Um, you know, I, many CRO people, what they do is they run tests and I don't have that kind of Uh, bandwidth because it's just me. So I can't run a whole bunch of tests for a whole bunch of stores to then have this compilation of how I recommend it. Um, So I use things like Baymard, for example, uh, to help guide me in those decisions and other user experience articles and blogs to help guide like here's the best practices of why you have a button next to your newsletter submit, as opposed to just having someone hit enter or something like that.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for that. In terms of like sourcing clients, like how do you source clients and how do you actually like vet whether a client's gonna be the right fit or how how do you try your best to vet? Obviously, right? Like we all put on our nice face when clients come in, they put on their nice face. And how people actually are might be the same, it might be different. Like, what is your process of, of acquiring clients and how do you vet clients? And I guess how do you retain clients? So I know that's a lot.
1: That yeah, that's a lot, but I think they're all fantastic questions. So I don't run ads in any form of fashion. I never have. And I don't think I ever will. I mean, maybe don't quote me on that one. But um, (laughs) most of my marketing is through uh, either email marketing or podcasts such as this, and then social posts and interactions. So I truly believe that building that community is really important to building your brand um, as a, a Shopify partner. And then also... I want to make sure that I'm providing a service that people are actually going to care about. Um, So there's, there's this community aspect around that, which is why I also um, I host the Portland Shopify meetup here in Portland, Oregon. And we've been doing that now for, I think coming up on two years. Um, So for me, it's about name recognition, not necessarily brand recognition, but name people are going to start to know who I am more often because they see me in, meetup they see my emails coming out they see my post that sort of thing so uh i guess if you look at it from a a marketing it's more organic marketing as opposed to ads marketing um the second part of your question was how do i tell if a potential client is someone that i'd want to work with a lot of that is getting on the phone and talking with people. I um, it sort of shoots me in the foot sometimes because sometimes you spend a, a lot of time wasted on a phone call, but I'm always happy to chat with people to see if there's something that um, I can dig out to help understand what they really need. Because oftentimes when people say I need this to be done, like all, I get people all the time saying I need um, I need a, a whole redesign for my website. Can you help me? And I'm like. Well, let's talk about that because let's talk about what those casts are and why a redesign maybe isn't a good plan for you when you think about uh, switching themes and how that impacts your SEO and those sort of things. So it's a lot of talking to people and really getting to understand if we have that connection and, and we'll be able to work together. Um, and then there's definitely times where, no, I can't work with this person or they don't want to work with me. And that's fine. Honestly, like I've, I've honestly turned away a lot of work over the last year or two specifically as I've been sort of niching down on, on what I do and don't do. And I'm perfectly fine if we don't work together because ultimately you're going to find someone else who is going to do what you want to do. So I think, oh, and the last part of your was retaining. Yep. Right. So, uh, part of the website rescues, which is really my main focus right now aside from the app that I have, um, this the second half of what the rescues is, is analytics. So I share quarterly how they're doing, what metrics we can measure and say how they're progressing or not progressing. So there's actually a quarterly check-in with them for a year. But then I also just say, hey, what's up? Hey, Chase, how's it going? What's new with you? And building that community again, right? Because just because I work with them once doesn't mean I can't work with them again or they need something that maybe I can refer someone else to if it's not a fit for me.
0: Wow, thank you. I know mean, that was a lot. And I really appreciate you <laughs> making that happen. So thank you. In terms of, I think you've now mentioned the kind of it's called a website rescue. That's kind of like your, your term. Is that... Um, is that like a course? Is that an info product? Is it a hybrid of like a course and kind of like an ongoing consulting? Like what, what actually is, is that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I know I kind of threw it out there. Um, so the website rescues is a two week. It's, it's actually for those of you who know what a productized service is, that's what it is. So it's yes. it's a service that I can repeat um, multiple times because I have done it enough and I've made it so that it's really simple for me to repeat. Um, not simple. That's the wrong term. It's not simple for me to repeat. It's actually a little challenging each time. But it's a two-week process. And uh, there, the first week is me kind of going through the site, looking at ways that we could optimize, looking for that friction that your customers might be experiencing. And then the second week is me um, saying, hey, here's a list of all the things that I think we should do. Let's make those changes. Do you approve? Great. Let's make them really quickly. And so it's literally a two-week process. That allows us to do quick wins, small tweaks here and there with the site that don't make um the each of them don't make one giant impact, but when you look at them collectively, they can be a, a major game changer for a lot of stores.
0: Nice. Right, so so you have that, and then you also do kind of more of like a hands-on client work. You do the two in tandem, or are you only doing the website rescue thing?
1: Yeah. So right now I only do the website rescue. I also have like a um many people call it a teardown, but I call it a review because teardown sounds very negative and I don't like that. Um, but I do like website reviews. But really the the main stuff that I offer right now is um, the website rescues. And then like I said, I have the app for JSON LD for SEO, which is my secondary focus as well.
0: Got it. So then it sounds like you've maybe pivoted to like this website rescue because it's a little bit more, I guess, scalable and repeatable leveraging it as like a productized service. Whereas if you as a single person, right? We're working with clients like that would you could only probably work with two, three, four clients at any given time, right?
1: Is that exactly. kind of why? Yeah, committed? yeah. I think that's a good way of looking at it. I mean, it's not the only reason why I've pivoted to website rescues, um, but I'm able to do a, a website rescue in two weeks, which means I can work with anywhere between two and four clients in a given month, depending on on what else might be going on that month. Um, but the, the main reason why I created the the website rescues, which I didn't invent, like someone else invented this and then, then I pulled it in. Um, but the main reason why I do this is because, like I said earlier, so many people feel like they have to throw tens of thousands of dollars at their shopify store for a redesign or a theme update or whatever that might be and they oftentimes do this without fully understanding what the risks are when you do a, a full theme redesign you know there's a lot of implications with that so I do it more because I understand what it means to sort of bootstrap your company and, yeah. and want to spend not as little, like it's not cheap, it, you know, but it, it not invest a bunch of money where you just don't know if it's trusted or not. And, um, and the theme changes have a really big impact in that, but I believe that we can make small tweaks and, and make these minor improvements without spending an arm and a leg. That's really where it focuses.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you found like the sweet spot too. Where obviously there's some barrier. Right? It's not like it's going to be free. It's not a hundred dollars, right? It's probably thousands of dollars, I'd imagine. Um, and, and it's it's affordable, but it also makes sure that people are serious, right? So it's really a great thing for you because you're motivi- motivated, motivated, incentivized to do it, and it's a great thing for them because they're going to get ROI and it's going to be quick, right? To do yep. it in two weeks, right? Like they'll hopefully start seeing results in a month, a couple months, where a lot of these things normally take a lot longer and they're paying this monthly retainer, right? So it really seems like you found kind of the sweet spot of what's fair, you know, obviously fair in air quotes, right? What's fair for you and kind of what's fair for them. And that's a win-win and that's really a great way to do business.
1: Yeah. And if I can share, I don't, I don't mind sharing the price. This is not an advertisement. I apologize if it's coming off in that way, but I, I'm upfront and I told Chase before we started this, like, I'm an open book. I don't hide things. My pricing is all listed on my, my website. So the rescue is, uh, 3000 flat. It doesn't matter if you're a four figure or a seven figure. Everyone yes. pays the same dollar amount. The changes that might happen might impact, um, you know, the, the outcome of that, like the revenue that you as the Shopify store owner get, but my rate is the same regardless of, of who the store is.
0: I love that. And actually, I, that's what I like about this whole like productized service or kind of just having your pricing on your website is like a lot of times people make custom pricing based off what they learn and what they know. And, you know, obviously, if it's more work, someone's bigger store, sure, you can charge more. But I, I really like and, and appreciate and value the transparency of like, this is what you're going to get. Doesn't matter who you are, it's not going to change. Um, and you give, Just as much as yourself, and one person as the next, right? Yeah, that's cool. I want to shift gears and talk about the the Shopify app. I think that's like a really cool space. It's obviously a really hot space. It's one that I think there's going to be some consolidation. People are getting into right. There's just a lot happening in that space. How long have you had your Shopify app for? Did you personally design it and code it? Like, what was that process like?
1: Yeah. So I'm. I sometimes feel like an imposter within the Shopify app. Um, because I did not code this from scratch. It's not, it, I actually recently acquired it for my husband. Um, but he acquired it for somebody else in 2016 or 2017. I can't remember now. Um, but I've been working with him on this app since he acquired it, uh, in 2016, 2017. Um, but then he also had another app and he wanted to be able to focus on that one. So I acquired this one. So I've only had it for about a month now. But I've been in it for for quite a while.
0: Nice, and, and I think most people are probably getting into in the past like six, twelve, eighteen months. So the fact that it has like the history and the longevity of being around for the past, let's say, five years. How important do you think that time on the stock, Shopify store is for rankings, for trust, for a number of reviews? Does that play a role? Does it not?
1: You know, I. <sighs> there i look at shopify's app ranking very similar to google's app ranking like you just don't really know how to rank in there and no one knows this because it's it's a very close kept secret um i do genuinely believe that longevity is important and it, and if it's not important to shopify store owners it should be like when someone first puts the the app on the store there's a lot of unknowns and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't work with them or trust them. It just means that there are a lot more um, volatile kind of ups and downs for the app versus this one, for example, that has been around since 2015. So we're going on uh, six years now where not much of the app has changed. It's functioned really well since that time. Um, You can look at the reviews and you can see that people can have justified that. I do think that there is absolutely value in that, which is where Then I say to those folks who are looking at apps or looking at creating an app is don't throw something up there willy-nilly if you're creating an app. Like make sure that it's a viable product and that you want to maintain this in the next five years. If you're only creating an app to turn around and sell it, it's going to feel that way to your customers and those who are trying to buy it. As a, a merchant, a store owner who's looking to acquire app or to um to use an app, I think understanding that the app hasn't changed hands a whole bunch of times over the course of, of its life cycle or that it is stable makes it a lot easier for them to trust that app
0: yeah it's great feedback and advice thank you for that a couple other questions i have on this like yeah. for, for you right you have like the the service side the product has service side and then you have like the, the technology the app side are, are the two complementary why do you do both like What's the goal of the Shopify app? Like, What does that look
1: like? Yeah. So they are absolutely complementary. Both of them focus on uh, improving the traffic, the quality traffic to your site, and getting that traffic to then convert. So the app... Let me explain a little bit about what JSON-LD for SEO is for those who don't know. Um, Essentially, it adds structured data to your Shopify theme. That can be nothing if you don't understand what code is so, or what the, the structured data is. But it's basically provides data in a way that Google and other search engines can read it. And in return for them being able to read that information, they can reward you with what's called rich results. Rich results are like um, if you do a Google search and you see these enhancements on a search every once in a while where it has like... Yeah. A review or like a review rating, price, their stock availability. Uh, if you're looking at Google Images, you can see the brand name on there as well. So it creates these enhancements to your uh, Google search result that makes it so that oh there's there's clearly like I can see the price I don't even have to go shop el- elsewhere I can see the price I can see the awesome reviews that are here I'm just going to click on that and go buy it right now as opposed to if you go and shop like on Google shopping and you have to click on all these different things that don't have reviews you still have to investigate as the the customer to figure out which product is right for you
0: Essentially, like in a really simple layman's term, like it reduces the friction, right? It basically makes it easier to consume and absorb the information in one fell swoop. That way, you're not clicking through pages and looking at this, that, or the other. Is that kind of an accurate? Yeah, I mean, if
1: you think about it, like I don't know about you, but I'm a tab person in my my browser. So, like when I go shopping online, I'll like right click to open something in a browser. And I'll have like 10 tabs open so that I can go through and look at all these products to see, okay, this one has yeah. this many reviews. And then within Google search results with JSON-LD and, and creating this, this structure, um, you're able to see all that stuff up front. So it it removes the friction of having to create like all of this search effort for this person. But it yeah. also just puts your information so easily digestible for people to be able to say, hmm, there's like... 10,000 rev- five-star reviews on that and it's only $15 and someone else over there had it for 30. I'm going to buy it from them and they don't even have to go dig around. They can just click on yours and purchase right away.
0: Awesome. That's super yeah. helpful. Two more questions I have. Yeah. I'm super appreciative of your time. Yeah um, is, the, is the app paid? Is it free? Is it a freemium? H- how do you monetize it?
1: Yeah, it is a, a premium app, not freemium, but premium app. Okay. So the app is in the Shopify app store. Um, it's called Jason, J S O N L D for SEO. Um, there, there's only one plan and that right now is not planning to change anytime soon. But the reason for that is that we touch every single person who makes that purchase. So every time you buy the app, um, I get a notification that says someone purchased it and I go in and I check by hand to make sure that the snippet's been installed if there's any problems i make i fix it it's pretty rare that there is but i also then send out an email if there's any recommendations i might have regarding your store and then we uh, keep track of your rich results over the course of six months. So we actually audit it over the course of six months. And we'll let you know when you've been awarded rich results from Google. And on average, that's 34 days that most people start to receive those. So it is a, a premium app. And it's because it's very hands-on. I think we're the only or maybe one of the only apps that still hand-touch for, uh, for structured data. Wow.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And then, how have you how have you grown that? Does a lot of it come from like the personal brand, the kind of the content creation that you're doing? that push towards that, and that kind of pushes back? Like, how do you grow the, the app?
1: Yeah, so it is. It's, I don't. Again, I mentioned earlier how I don't run ads. I also don't run ads for the app. Um, it's a really competitive space within the Shopify app store. But then also running ads outside of Shopify, it's challenge. They have a lot of limitations on what you can or can't do within your ads. Um, so it's all done also through email marketing, social posts, engagements, um, community building. So I, I run my marketing for both my service uh, business and for the app business. Very similar.
0: Fantastic. Well, yeah. thank you so much for for being here. This was incredible. I really appreciate the info Like on the service side of the transparency there, as well as the, the app side best way for people to work with you, learn about you, follow you? What are some of the best ways for people to do that?
1: Yeah. So please visit my site. It's alanadavis.com. It's I-L-A-N-A-D-A-V-I-S.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Alana Davis. I'm on Instagram at Alana Davis. I'm on Facebook, website rescues. Um, I feel like I'm kind of all over the place. People make fun of me because I'm. they literally see me everywhere, but I am.
0: <laughs> that means you're doing a good job, right? i yeah. top of my... <laughs> Means your marketing is working. Well, thank that's you. That's yeah, great. again, really appreciate you being here and thank you so much for your time.
1: Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate it.
0: Of course. Bye.